0: Hey everyone, welcome to Reformed Podmatics, hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. It's Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey, and this podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Zach. And I'm Pastor Mark. And today we will be jumping into, as you can see, uh, just we're fitting with the week here yeah. uh, and, and going along with the church calendar and wanting to talk and take a moment to talk about the, the theological importance uh, and the importance for the Christian life of Holy Week, particularly particularly of Good Friday, coming up tomorrow for us as at time okay. of recording, yeah. and then on Sunday as well with Easter. Uh, and we're wanting to get into some of the theology behind all of this, maybe some of the ways in which uh, these practices or these days, these celebrations have been uh, changed and uh, maybe twisted, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. we really want to focus most of our time, not on that, but on the importance and the significance of these days these are some of the most important days of the christian year if not the most important days with the cross of christ and the empty tomb that we celebrate on easter the the central facet of the christian life is death and resurrection that's for, that's true for all of us we are all dead to sin and raised to new life in christ that's what paul talks about in Romans chapter six, for example, which really gets to the heart of his gospel. Mm. Uh, the gospel is not just the forgiveness of our sins, but it is a total restoration of of life, and that life comes only through death. And so he, he talks about baptism and being baptized into the death and the resurrection of Christ. And so those two things being so central, those are what we celebrate during Holy Week mm. uh, as we reflect on the cross. Uh, and as we reflect on Christ's resurrection, uh, which for us is really the, at the heart and the mm-hmm. core of the the Easter week that we celebrate.
1: Yeah, this church calendar um, really helps us to keep remembering every year um, mm-hmm. in a, in a good pattern, pattern, a good rhythm. What Christianity is all about, and so it is kind of neat in a way that secular worldly people who are not believers are at least aware of the very basic truths of the Christian faith in part because of the calendar. Yeah. And because, um, to my knowledge, I think a lot of public schools probably still get good Friday off. I don't know if that's still accurate or not, but, um, I know that it's true for the schools in our town, but some might, some workplaces would give their employees good Friday off. I think make it a three day weekend. Um, I know in Canada, Easter Monday is, Hmm. is still a big thing. Um, and so it does help us in communicating the key points of Christianity. The birth of Christ, everybody knows that that's what happened on Christmas. Um, and, of course, the death of Jesus on Good Friday and the resurrection on Easter Sunday. I I know that when you and I were growing up, that was just totally ubiquitous knowledge. That's just what everyone knew. I would guess yeah. it's less so now Um, And those holidays have been commercialized and turned into Hallmark holidays a lot more. But even still for the Christian to have this week where we are pointedly remembering um, the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem so that he would go to die, um, the Lord's Supper distributed uh, on Maundy Thursday, Hmm. um, the death of Jesus on Good Friday, Holy Saturday, even where um, often I think I contemplate that quite regularly on that Saturday between Good Friday and Easter. And then of course it culminates in a very joyful um, worship service on Easter Sunday. So uh, it's, it's this rhythm or routine that we live in that is, uh, can become superstitious for some people, but Hmm. um, I, I don't think we should let the possibility of superstition invade the productivity of the holiday that is it's just a really good thing to remember
0: yeah this is this brings up the question in the reformed tradition of whether or not we even follow the church calendar to begin with um, yeah this actually is a, a long-standing debate in the reformed tradition i would imagine that most of our listeners are okay with following <laughs> the basics. Of the church calendar, but there are many, especially in the Presbyterian side of the Reformed tradition, who do take serious issue with the church calendar. Um, and so we have to say that the Reformed tradition is not all in agreement, even to this day, about how to use or not use the church calendar. Yeah. Uh, famously, the Presbyterians, as that's, so, and that includes the Scottish Presbyterians as well as the sort of Puritans from England uh, wanted to reject all of the church calendar, not just the saints' days, uh, but also days like Christmas or Easter or Good Friday. Um, and so they actually removed all of those and said that the only holy day truly is the Lord's Day, the Sabbath. Um so that was common on what we could think of as the British Isles, whereas Continental Reformed theology generally held to and, up and kept up the, the celebration of what was called the Evangelical Feast days, not so much the seasons. The seasons didn't really return, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell, until somewhere in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Seasons being like, mostly Advent and Lent. Yeah, Advent yep.
0: and Lent, and thinking of Easter not just as a day, right, but as a season that lasts uh, for several weeks up until Pentecost. Um, and so they were okay with the days, the, re- the mm-hmm. continental Reformed tradition, but not so much with the seasons, especially the penitential seasons of Advent mm-hmm. and Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, so Calvin pretty stringently... Um, you could say criticizes the practice of Lent um, in the Institutes, um, and the reason for that is because <laughs> it is it is often pushed on people. He would he would take issues not so much with the practice of fasting, which he actually says is a good thing and should be done, uh, but for the church to use its authority to require fast yeah. and then to lay on heavier and heavier burdens he talks about the restriction of eating meat and how people sort of thought of this as being extra holy if you didn't eat meat and he mm. says there's that's superstition that's straight up what he calls it in the book four uh, i believe it's chapter 12 section 20 <laughs> if yeah, i he, remember
1: he doesn't just disagree he hates this like yeah he hated that this burden put on average poor people. Mm -hmm. I mean like we have a middle class today that's like most people, but I I think we have to think also in socioeconomic terms in that world Mm -hmm. as well in that Reformation era where so just most people are utterly poor and wanna enjoy food in their life and that is a good thing from God, Mm -hmm. a blessing for them. And so to add these dietary Yep. crazy rules for these 40 days of Lent is um, abhorrent to peop- to yeah. reformers like John Calvin and Martin Luther.
0: Yeah, so I don't think Calvin did away with having some sort of special emphasis yeah. on, on these days. In fact, in Geneva during Calvin's day, it was every day there would be a church service where there would be prayers, there would be scripture reading, there would be sermons. Yeah, full sermon. Yeah. Um, Calvin even wanted to do to do communion as much as possible. (laughs) Um, But that wasn't what was happening. The church, the the city council never allowed for that. Um, But I was reading and studying for this episode. Calvin did make special emphasis on Good Friday and on Easter on those Mm. Scriptural truths, so mm-hmm. he would talk. He would reflect more on the atonement, and he would re- would reflect more on the resurrection. I think on Christmas Day too,
1: right? Did yeah. To a, to so special, he was
0: okay yeah. with having a special mention to those to those ideas. Um, he was he didn't just skip over them and ignore them altogether, mm-hmm. as as some in the uh, British Presbyterian tradition um, may have been more inclined to do, and so. It is interesting to see that the Reformed tradition wanted to mark, you could say, a balanced path between Mm -hmm. totally getting rid of the church calendar uh, and then also just stepping or keeping in line with it and keeping in lockstep with it in every way, um, which is what really the Lutherans did more of, although the Lutherans were careful not to go into excess. Mm -hmm. Um, Luther did not really love the penitential stuff, was included in lent or advent either um the anglicans also kept up the seasons Mm. as well Mm -hmm. and so there is a little bit of diversity amongst magisterial protestants um but that is not where we want to spend too much Mm -hmm. of our time today we want to spend our time really reflecting on the meaning of these important dates on the calendar and how we can use them properly and how maybe yep. they've been again improperly used as well.
1: Well, we can think of biblical examples of festivals and feast days and so um mm-hmm. with that I think it's perfectly biblical to say it's good to mark these occasions um yeah. in the Old Testament of course you have different festivals Passover being the central festival for the year and the Lord the reason the Lord institutes that and commands it for Israel to celebrate every year is so that they would remember the, um, the slave uh, the bitterness of slavery in Egypt and the deliverance the Lord gave not just from slavery but through the Red Sea so um, there we go with with the uh, deliverance through Christ um, it's it's such a perfect parallel that hmm. it's good for us to remember that yearly in in the biblical sense so um, certainly we don't just look to the reformers but we also look to a finding a biblical example mm-hmm. of celebrating these things. And um, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to think about the cultural emphasis on these festivals or, or holy days, holidays, because I would venture a guess that if you asked a typical American Christian, what is the most important holiday of the mm-hmm. year? They would say Christmas, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Herman in his writing, is very clear that it's got to be Good Friday and Easter, um, that that the incarnation um, is essential in getting us to our forgiveness of sins, our salvation through Christ. But um, but he, he wrote in the wonderful works of God, page 314, the death and resurrection of Christ are preeminently the work of God on earth. And so that is the center point of not just Jesus' life, but really all of human history, actually, Hmm. Um, going from Adam and Eve all the way to the last person who was ever born in this world, Um, the death and resurrection of Jesus is, um, is that center point of the work of God in the world, and so should be considered as such, I think, in our schedules, in our worship, in our emphasis in thinking even throughout this week um hmm. even more so than Christmas which should make us realize how special it is because Christmas yeah. remains a really special time.
0: Yeah, and Christmas remains a special time. I love Christmas yeah I am the kind of person who I go all out for Christmas and maybe <laughs> I get too excessively into it. Um, I will be the first to admit um, and so I I think yeah theologically speaking, it's not any doubt I don't think that Easter is, I think supposed to be the most boisterous celebration. Yeah. And it's supposed to be the heightened moment of the Christian year because Christ has now come, he has now died and now he has remade all things in himself. Uh, he has been raised from the dead and there is a new sort of sphere of existence in Christ for those who are in him. Um, he has had victory over sin, death and the devil. And now there is hope. There is life, Uh, He is the resurrection and the life, as he tells us in the book of John. And so that is the ultimate victory, the day of victory over those things. Um, So his birth, of course, is it's sort of you could say D-Day. He's landing and the (laughs) invasion has begun. Um, And then Easter Sunday is really the day of conquer.
1: Yeah, there's Um, no victory in Berlin without D-Day. You know, uh, they had yeah. to land somewhere in yeah. order to go there, and so that—that that so is the
0: beginning of the end, and yeah. therefore it's very important. Yeah, Christmas then is very important, is incarnation, but the the end of it all is the resurrection, and that's when that's that's that, the resurrection holds a lot of theological weight. Mm. Um, it's we I think we can often focus just on Good Friday, but I think resurrection is the vindication mm. of it all. Mm. Um, but we really like we can't abstract one day from yeah. the other. Yeah. But we they, we hold all of these together. I mm-hmm. remember learning in seminary from my Acts and Paul class. Um this is maybe people are just their, their eyes are glazing over as they hear this, <laughs> but it was about Ritterboss, Herman Ritterboss and his point in in maintaining the gospel was that we have to always hold on to the incarnation, death, resurrection and ascension and Uh, Those four things, um, what I call in my mind, Idra, (laughs) I-D-R-A, all of those, all of the goodness of the gospel hangs on those things. You could also say, and Christ's return, his Mm -hmm. coming return. Um, All of those things are absolutely essential to the gospel. Without one of those things, we don't have a gospel. Yeah. Um, And so... And part of the those reason. are bricks we must we must have. If you take one of those bricks yeah. out, the whole thing does crumble.
1: Right, and part of the reason that I bring that up is not to dismiss the importance of Christmas, but to say, um, what is determining the value we put on these different special days or this week? Is it the commercialized sentimental mm. stuff? Um, I would say there's a lot more commercialization and sentimentality attached to Christmas. Yeah, like gift giving. Right. And so there's just that oh it's 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 dark, mood. you're at home a lot, you're with family a lot, you're and cozy friends a lot. Yeah. If you're in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and and you and, and that's great. It, those are all good things, but but maybe with some of those really wonderful blessings um, it's it's given more attention definitely in culture it is to um, than than mm. Good Friday and Easter, which are actually the culmination of Jesus life. And so yeah um, it, it's interesting to think about the importance of Christmas versus Holy Week because a secular person also would be more drawn towards the Incarnation, how you know even if they were to think, wow, those yeah. Christians believe God became, a human—that's really special, isn't that just a nice feeling, a nice mm-hmm. thought that that it gives you that God would come so close to us? Isn't that just really good? Yeah, and Emmanuel. so you might say even a secular person or a very nominal Christian would say that's just like a wonderful story and a wonderful message. <laughs> Whereas Good Friday and Easter—well, that's a dividing line. That's a he—he he died because we're sinners and we yeah. needed that much of of a payment to be made for our sin that God's own son would die on a cross for us. So it's a little bit pokier, you might Mm -hmm. say, or or, uh, like there's a there's a little bit more to believe, I think, concerning the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so maybe that's a little bit of the the Mm -hmm. lesser emphasis in the commercialized secular world um, Mm -hmm. versus Christmas.
0: Yeah, I think that that could be. Um,
1: especially the resurrection. I mean, there you go, a man rose to life. Yeah, it's, um, and so, it is hard
0: to believe yeah. that God became man, uh, so there is that hurdle yeah, for the right. secular person.
1: But it's like a nice idea maybe, yeah. I, I would guess for the nominal Re- Christian. Whereas the
0: resurrection just sounds asinine, essentially. It sounds unbelievable, far-fetched, and too incredible to believe. Um, so, Foolishness yeah. for the Gentiles, right? I yeah. could get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but all of this, I think, really gets us to the big point in all of this is that this week is a time where we can slow down and Mm -hmm. reconsider uh, the importance of these events and their, their world changing significance, uh, for all time. Um, something I personally love to do during this week is to take off of my bookshelf, uh, John Stott's, the cross of Christ And just read a couple of chapters and reflect on the meaning of the cross, the meaning of the atonement, uh, and what Christ has done on my behalf through his intentional journey to the cross where he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be uh, drinking the cup of wrath Hmm. for the sake of his people. He was going to lay down his life for his sheep, and he was going to be raised again on the third day. Uh, and he would be raised for the justification of our sins, uh, and that we would be made new in him. Um, it's a simple thing. I think there's a lot of pressure on pastors and those in hmm. ministry to make Easter to make Holy Week more fun. Hmm. It's a very fun time of year, just mm-hmm. looking at nature, there's rebirth. there's there's, you know, there's new life, there's everywhere. new life everywhere yep. you look. Um, yep. there's. I, I always notice there's lots of mosquitoes this time of year, <laughs> which I don't particularly love, but the flowers are out. Yeah. Um. There's birds singing. And so it is an exciting time in that regard. Summer is almost here for yeah. S- kids. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. But it's easy to, to lose sight of those basic things. Yeah. And that is really where we need to spend um, our time. And so that is an encouragement to anyone listening is to, reflect, to think deeply about what Christ has done for you, and to enter into uh, the week. I think that's what Holy Week is all about. It's an invitation to reflect on the sort of emotional roller coaster of the week, Mm -hmm. where you have Jesus riding in on Palm Sunday. Uh, He's being well-received, but he's riding in as a servant, knowing that he's going to die, and these people would soon turn on him. And so there's a somberness even amidst this the strange celebration on Palm Sunday, uh, and then Maundy Thursday, which we don't have any particular celebration for, but remembering his love for his for his disciples. Maundy mm-hmm. comes from the Latin word, uh, which. I think it's mandatum. Mm -hmm. I don't know Latin, but I know it has something to do with the new new commandment. So this is my, the new commandment I give to you to love one another. Um, Yeah. Like
1: like mandate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it has something similar to commandment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the new commandment to love. And we see that in how he serves his disciples and washes their feet. And then of course, good Friday is his death on the cross. Holy Saturday, if you even if you don't have a church celebration like we, like we don't, uh, you can think about Jesus being in the grave. Jesus mm-hmm. has been killed. He has been crucified. Um, but then, from the very darkness of that day, comes the bright shining light of Easter. Um, and so, these are ways of reorienting our lives to the gospel story and to what the Reformed tradition has historically called these evangelical feast days. Mm -hmm. Um, Evangelical not meaning evangelical in the way we think of that word today, but gospel feast days. These are the days that mark the important events of the gospel. Mm. And so we can orient ourselves in these great truths and really dig deeply into them as we reflect and ponder and meditate the importance of them.
1: Yeah, it's well it's cool how you re- just recount that story because what strikes me in remembering the simple story is the great hunger that every person has to have a story of their own or to fit to to learn where they fit in the greater story of hmm. the world or of something bigger than them. And so that's what we have in yeah. Holy Week is this yeah. is the story Of Christ Um, this is the the story of the last week of his ministry and that's where that that's that's the primary week of us understanding our own identity so um, again this obsession particularly with Millennials and Gen Z and so forth of of finding a story and finding out where I fit well there it is there's there's the Holy Week story of Christ and Um, Like it says, uh, Paul wrote in Galatians, I've been crucified with Christ. Okay. (laughs) So when we learn about that, crucifixion of Jesus, um, Paul says, you're in that story. I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but he who lives in me. So that's a reference also to the resurrection too. So um, this is not just an abstract historical story, but it is... A story that we fit into because of the the teaching of Scripture.
0: Yeah, he is making all things new. That's and so that's a story yeah. we live into through our belief, through our faith in Christ. We have shed off the old man who has been crucified with Christ, and we've been raised to new life. I, yep. of course, have a lot of Pauline ideas on my <laughs> mind because I've been studying through the Book of Romans again this semester, uh, and so I have all those fundamental chapters, really chapters three through eight of, of Romans are all in some ways related to Good Friday and Easter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the centrality of, of these days for our faith. Um, and there's a great joy that comes when you reflect on Easter, not just being about fun. It's not just about the Easter egg hunts and the pastels. Um, and the Easter bunny. It's a yeah, new dress, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not about the little toys you may get as a kid. My family would sometimes get little treats or toys mm-hmm. um, on Easter. It's about so much more than that.
1: Yeah, well, that that's a great segue into one of the last points that we wanna make of having a reverent, solemn, and serious approach to worship particularly on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Some people might balk at that thinking, we need to be solemn and serious on Easter Sunday. Well, Hmm. serious doesn't mean dour or depressed. Serious Hmm. could, um, like John Piper's, a lot of his writing is of a serious joy, like Mm -hmm. a weighty um, joy that is, it, it just... Uh, Mm -hmm. Sort of is woven into everything that we do. And there can be such a thing as serious people who are Mm -hmm. extremely joyful. And so um, I I think of approaching Good Friday and Easter as just with the thought of the the glory of Jesus on display. And um, Jesus says this basically several times in the book of John, in John 11, John 12, John 13, John 17, he refers to his death and resurrection as his glorification. And Glorify your son hmm. um, is his prayer to the Father in uh, John 17. And so um, that to think of these days as a view into the glory of Christ, of his work, of his person, um, and even of the promises that he gives us. And I think that... Uh, We don't want to get too polemical or or negative about Mm. how other churches do things, but I do think this glory of Christ and this amazing work that he's done in his death and resurrection does exclude certain approaches to how we celebrate Good Friday and Easter. Um, um, I I, I would refer to it almost as a kind of whiplash that churches might Hmm. um, kind of— subject their members to by talking about the glory of the death of the son of God and the amazing truth of the forgiveness of sins in life, the glory of his resurrection. It changed the whole world, the universe even, Hmm. and then doing some sort of gimmick uh, in order to attract people to their church or, you know, photo booth or, um, all other kinds of gimmicks that ch- churches try to do to get people through the doors on Sunday. And again, I think of it as almost like whiplash. Like we have the most glorious thing that has ever happened in the world mm-hmm. set alongside a gimmick to get people to come.
0: And what that does is trivialize the incredible glory of the death and resurrection. Uh, or, or it definitely you, confuses it about the, what,
1: the point of this. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, I, th- I just think if you set Easter alongside a church-wide egg hunt, you can have the effect of detracting um, attention for one thing, but also making w- the Easter story. A footnote. A footnote, and yep. it's it's been trivialized if, if that is to happen, um,
1: and so. And the devil wants it to be a footnote. Yeah. Like, I mean, would the devil would love for people yeah. to just think about, just like for Christmas, right? We can think about Santa Claus, and yeah. uh, the devil would love for Santa presents, mm-hmm. hot cocoa, Christmas lights to be the main thing of Christmas, and yeah. for the incarnation to be secondary. And the the same thing can happen with, e- especially Easter as it's mm-hmm. commercialized. So, um so. Hey, Zach and I have talked about this beforehand, that neither of us are necessarily opposed to some of those fun things on no, Easter Sunday. that's correct. But for that to be the message of the church, yeah, um, that induces that kind of whiplash, I would say. Yeah, I'm not against
0: Easter egg hunts, but I don't think that that's the church's place. The church particularly needs to be focusing on the gospel on the good news, on the truth, on the joy and the the beauty and the glory of, of these events. And so... It is so glorious. Yeah. It I is guess so is a, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this part is a little bit <laughs> polemical, but that's not the church's job, I think, is what we would say. Um, now, there's other justifications we realize for why churches do things like this. Um, and we don't want to be just the guys who are ragging on, on it because there's better uses of our time. But... Um, yeah, we we think that the church should be, should be fin- spending the vast majority of its energy, uh, the local church should be spending the ma- vast majority of its energy on worship and on celebrating as a church, um, which will not look like necessarily one big party, mm. uh, but will look like a joyous occasion of worship. Um, now, I do think back about my days um, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you'll know I used to attend an Anglican church in Orlando and the Easter celebration, the service was very reverent, but very exciting mm. and very joyful. Um, and I I did love that service. There would even be times where they would bring in streamers into the service and there would be there would uh, it's hard to explain how that would how that looked, but uh, I, I thought it was actually it was done very tastefully. It wasn't mm. silly. It wasn't trivial. And then there was always the great noise. Uh, There's about 30 seconds of just loud noise. They would clang cymbals, and everybody would be clapping. And it was sort of to celebrate as a church the resurrection of Christ and that his victory had been complete. Um, And so there was this, I would say, a solemn joy. Um, And that was a proper joy. Um, It it did not make it feel too casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, or trivial but it made you excited for the truth of what has happened in Christ.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's all kinds of there, there's all kinds of uh there, there's time for getting creative and drawing people into the church. There's certainly a time for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we 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 have VBS at our church mm-hmm. and yeah, VBS has Kind of some gimmicky stuff in it, mm-hmm. and that's no matter how you do VBS. Quite I've been frankly. involved in some of the skits, so I know <laughs> you know, yeah, from first person, <laughs> person experience. And so, uh, there there is, I think, a time and a place for marketing, for uh, hmm. engaging, for really community oriented things, but um, always to be done tastefully, I think, biblically, yeah. um, with a sense of seriousness to it. Um, and and so to me there there could be a time and a place for that but to to inject it into the the high point of mm. the church year um, e- Easter Sunday um, is is to draw away from attention from um, from the work of Christ as the whole purpose of our life and um, I um, yeah so I Maybe maybe that's about enough of that. Maybe I've already put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I was going to add to all of this. Uh, maybe, maybe, could I have one more? I just thought. Sure, of, yeah. So oh, a good way to gauge this, if anybody's listening who's a minister, is where is my energy going? Hmm. Is my energy going into yeah. proclaiming the gospel this weekend, um, curating a worship service that is very thoughtful, uh, careful? Um, it's going to be a profound... Um, communication of the work of Christ on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday—is that really, really what I care about, or is my greatest hope this Sunday that a lot of people will show up to church? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to promote it. Yeah, we're going to—it's going to be everywhere. I do hope personally that a lot of people show up to our church. It's even something I've prayed for. As we've sent out some flyers mm-hmm. to um, new neighborhoods in our area, yeah, and and so I do hope that people come. But my energy and my my focus has got to remain on being a faithful witness of the resurrection. That's the criteria of the church leader in the book of Acts. Are they a reliable, faithful witness of Jesus? Um, And so I I would guess that there would be varying levels of emphasis on um, that moment um, versus sort of the marketing that can really draw a lot of attention during this, this season. So sorry to interrupt, but no, that was maybe that, my last point.
0: So. Uh, that's that's <laughs> fine. Um, I was just going to go back to that quote from Bavink where mm. he says the death and resurrection of Christ are preeminently the work of God on the earth and make the point from that that the focus of, of these uh, days on the calendar and of these services that the church ho- holds should be on not on inspirational messages, not on a feel-good message to make people feel better. Uh, or to get them be, to come back. <laughs> it should be focused on, yeah. look what God has done for you, not look what you should go do now, um, or you should be motivated and pumped up for the next next week or the next few weeks or the next year. Uh, but th- we should be focusing on, look what God has done in Christ and providing for us in all of our greatest needs Um, We no longer need to fear death. We no longer need to fear hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, We no longer have to um, wallow in our sin because Mm -hmm. Christ has come to redeem us and to save us and to rescue us from these things. Um, And so it should be, these should be days where we are, hopefully every Sunday, obviously, Mm -hmm. is a a Sunday where the gospel is being clearly preached. Uh, but we should be taking extra care and focus to make, make it come through on these days uh, so that people who do come, because let's be honest, people come to to Easter services, uh, even if they don't go to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's the one one time of the year where they think, I should really get myself to church. And so there is um, a need for the gospel to be preached. We should be careful to do that. Uh, but we shouldn't focus so much on just giving a feel-good message we should be focused on teaching them the truth about what Christ has done and the meaning of these days.
1: Yeah, and when, when God's word goes forth, it accomplishes that which for, for which it is sent. And so I think even some people who are listening to this episode who are are maybe big fans of the community Easter egg hunt would say, oh yeah, but you guys are probably just at a church where You're just the frozen chosen man and nobody ever comes to to be a part of your church. Uh, And look at all these people showing up Mm -hmm. for this thing and to which I would respond, people are being born again at our church. People are coming to our church, new people who are brand new to Christianity. And Mm -hmm. and so don't believe the lie that you have to use the methods of the world to attract people into the church. Um, That is a lie. Uh, I just preached on... Acts Chapter Three, where Peter and John are going to the temple, the man is asking for alms the poor- the paralyzed man wants alms, and Peter and John say, "We're not going to give you money, hmm. but we're going to give you jesus who who we have in the name yeah. of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, the man is healed and and so that would be my encouragement to especially to pastors on Good Friday and Easter is not to give the alms to the world that hmm. they're maybe that they have come seeking a little motivational snippet. Um, a, a tweetable quote a, a TED talk with Jesus thrown in a little bit here and yeah. there that's going to help them through the week but to those are the alms they're seeking um, but to give them Christ to and then Peter preaches a sermon um he he's calling people out of wickedness, a wicked way hmm. of living he's calling them to repent of their sin and have their sins blotted out in Christ and um, hmm. so that a time of renewal might be experienced in the presence of God. And so um that that's why we get kind of serious and that's why we've been a little bit critical for a little bit a little portion of this mm-hmm. because um we want people to know Christ to for Christ to be preached and for that never to be watered down with um sort of an intermixture of um of worldly yeah worldly proclamations. So.
0: And so we hope that this is not just us Uh, berating others, but focusing on the joy and the glory um, and the hope that is available to us and given to us in the gospel. Um, And so we hope that as you listen to this and as you reflect in the days ahead on these great and wondrous truths, these works of God on the earth, that you would be ever more blown away at God's grace to you and that you would be uh, desiring more and more to follow him with your whole life, to give all of yourself to him as a sacrifice of praise, yep. uh, that mm-hmm. you would honor and glorify him uh, with all of your life because of what he has done for you in Christ. Not that he could ever be repaid, God cannot yep. be repaid, yeah. but to live in faith and to live with gratitude toward him forever. Yep. And so we hope that this is a joyful weekend for you where you do celebrate and you can uh, enjoy your time. You mm-hmm. can sing, sing maybe a little louder. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> be a little bit more excited. Don't be so dour, uh, <laughs> but l- allow the excitement of these events to to draw you into the gospel ever more deeply.
1: Yeah, as, as one, I think a nun once said, I think this is quoted by Brendan Manning, um, if you have the joy of the Lord within you, inform your face. <laughs> you know, to, to smile, to have a countenance that is is um, uh, a good thing. You know, this is a good thing, what is happening. Um, good yeah. Friday and Easter Sunday. We are glad that Christ has come. Christ is coming. He is risen and he's coming again. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a very blessed um, Maundy yes. Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday worship time.
0: Amen. Grace and peace, you guys. We'll see you next week.